DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined now by Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Mark, good morning. Good morning. How we doing, guys? We're doing well. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff to ask you about, uh, but I guess let's start first big picture. For a while there, you were definitely drinking out of the fire hydrant. There were just curveballs coming at you. I can mix my metaphors and similes here all day long. There were curveballs coming at you every hour. Has it settled down a little bit? Is there a little bit of, okay, here's what we have to do. Here's the plan. Now let's try to execute this. Or do you still click on an email uh, pick up your phone and just realize, well, I just have to take that box and turn everything upside down and dump it out and start over again. Well, you know, empathetic to everybody dealing with, with COVID-19, right? I mean, I think everybody can relate to the fact that every day is a little different, you know, whether your kid's in school or, or not in school and, and, and work and, and otherwise. And to your point, we're not immune to uh, you know, all of that here. And, you know, it's been a, it's been a heck of a six, seven, eight months. Um, seems like in some, some cases, two years and other times it feels like five minutes, but where we are today, uh, this morning, as I call you is there's a lot of excitement here. There's a lot of excitement with, with our football program, uh, a few days away from camp Kyle and, and, you know, they've been in a 12 hour working session for quite some time and, and they're getting ready to get the pads on and, um, get after it. And now that they have a schedule, uh, they can see the light. And, and when football is lifted in that way, it lifts the whole department. Everybody gets that, that energy. Uh, we've been able to take some people off of furlough uh, that will help us stage the games and, and get ready. That's been a real awesome development for us uh, to be able to do that. Not everybody, but but some people that, that obviously are, are structured in that. And so there's a lot of good news right now, but we also know with this virus that uh, where there's an up day, there could be a, a down day tomorrow. And it's just my role and, and folks working here to just keep everything moving forward, despite uh, the information you're dealing with. Yeah, that's well said as far as the, the crazy nature of it. And we don't really know what's around the corner, literally. And that's one of the things that I was surprised with the conference starting on the 7th, maybe the 6th. I don't know if that's been decided. But that Saturday, the 7th, and it leaves no margin for error. And, you know, I've been talking to the folks there in your football program, and they have been. Somebody told me, you know, we are just so tired of lifting weights and running. You know, they have been doing all this stuff, as you say. So my, my point for you is... Uh, are you surprised or was there any way, maybe surprise isn't the right word, but any way maybe some of these teams couldn't have started earlier because Kyle has said they could have gone earlier. So therefore you build in some flexibility into the schedules in case some things arise that you don't anticipate now, but we see, see that it wouldn't be that more big of a stretch that a game or two in the conference can get canceled and then you don't have any flexibility to move stuff around. Whereas if you started earlier, maybe you would have. Well, there's no question as it relates to, to our situation here, we would have preferred to have started you know, earlier. Uh, I think the week before was, was certainly something that we had talked about. Uh, there were some others that uh, felt like they were ready to, but quite candidly, it was very few uh, that really felt like they were in that situation. Um, you, know, you probably saw yesterday in media day, I think we had two of our coaches uh, say they're still waiting for clearance. Uh, to be able to to get out in, in groups larger than 12 uh, in California tomorrow. But, 
you know, I think collectively uh, the conference felt like, uh, you know, if you don't have more than four or five schools, you know, even number, obviously four or six schools that are ready to go, let's just all take the same time to get ready for that first weekend. And that turned out to be the, the, the weekend of November 6th, 7th. And so, you know, obviously from a transparent point of view, we would have preferred to go earlier. To your point, having a, a weekend that, uh, you know, some schools could have maybe had a buy probably would have been a good thing, but we're beyond that now. You know, we voted as a conference. Our chancellors and presidents made that decision, and, and we lock in like everybody else. And, uh, you know, November 7th is going to be here pretty quick. So we know that, that uh, November 7th isn't going to involve a, uh, a 9 a.m., 10 a.m. here, but 9 a.m. local time game with Arizona State and USC. Is this like a one-time kind of – trial run here is this something everybody's likely to sample over the uh course of the season or is this something we're going to see uh going forward even when their fans back in the stadiums presumably whether it's a year two three is this going to kind of become a normal part of life in the pac-12 well as it relates to this year i think there might be another window or two possible possibly uh on the 12 noon eastern big fox uh slot that we saw arizona state there I said it on your show. I said Arizona State. I was going to avoid that today. <laughs> it's like bingo last night. I said it. Um, so we we if if the window comes open to us, as, as Kyle has said, you know, he and I had a long talk about it. We just felt like it made a lot of sense this year, whether we're home or on the road, to 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 try it. We we love the window. We love the national exposure. Students really love playing on that on that stage. There's a lot of reasons to do it. And, you know, the big apprehension of not doing it is is fans and what that puts people through. And, you know, with the decision not to have fans, you know, it made sense to to really take a good look at it and 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 then and then look back at it after it's over, you know, besides just winning or losing a game. But how did it all work out? You know, I don't remember what coach said it yesterday, but, you know, we, we have these sometimes these eight o'clock games out here, as we all know, and what's not talked about a lot. You know, there's 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 a lot of the, what the fans go through in the late windows on a Saturday night, but what the players go through, you know, I mean, to, to be in a hotel all day long, getting your bodies and, in, in, you know, shape and how you eat and, and all that stuff. It's a it's a it's a long road. And so I think that's just as traumatic in some ways is, is getting up that early. Um, and a lot of our kids, they wake up so dang early because they're so excited about the game anyway. So. We're really kind of hoping it, it happens for, for all the reasons that we talked about. As far as it being a continuation, I still haven't done enough listening to, to folks about how it would affect them um, as, as far as being a fan. I mean, I, I can guess and assume, um, but I, I need to do more work. My team needs to do more work. So it wouldn't be automatic at all. Um, but it's something I think at least we'll know how the team managed it as we look at it in the future. How is the university going to handle these scholarship issues with these individual athletes across the board, both uh, guys and, and women, in terms of if they want to come back and not use this year as uh, counting towards their eligibility? Well, we're, we're all in on what the NCAA decides to do, right? There's no question that if, uh, you know, if, if you want to come back as a senior, you know, you're entitled to that. The way the rule reads is, you know, you're, you're frozen this year, so to speak, just like we saw with our spring athletes. So we're seeing this in baseball and softball come to mind, super seniors as I refer to them. You know, and that just comes back to them having conversations with their coaches. Where are they going to fit in 
uh, with an incoming freshman class now uh, coming in as well. Do they see it as, as something that they want to do? They have conversations, and it goes from there. But they're entitled to, to be back. Uh, we saw, I think, of our 33 super seniors, I want to say our number was. I think about 11 or 12 came back. Some went on with, with their lives or, or went to other institutions. But we're, we're, uh, we're all in on that decision, it, just like we're all in if, if, a, if a young person wants to opt out. Uh, this year, due to all the COVID and the testing and the concerns, if they opt out, they're they're in good standing and welcome to come back as well. So it's not just one class of super seniors with everybody getting a free year. This could uh, you could be coming up with more scholarship money for multiple years going forward. How do you deal with that? You are on top of that. A lot of folks don't uh, don't mention that. They think of the seniors. Everybody's frozen. It's a free year for for the entire the state football. It's a free year for everybody. So. Yeah, it's going to be four or five years of managing, uh, you know, this in some sort of way. What, what gets interesting is that, so in football this year, we, we obviously are restricted to 85 scholarships. Next year, the number goes to, to how many seniors come back, and so you'll, you know, you'll have that to deal with. And then the following year, unless the rule changes, you have to go back to 85. So that's a real interesting challenge for coaches to manage their roster, you know, obviously, it could be a, a pretty tough effect for rising. I guess that we'd be juniors right now um, because there might not be a lot of space on rosters. So it's going to be, you know, there's definitely some consequences of all this, but it's still the right thing to do for dealing with students that are here during COVID and what they've had to manage to give them that opportunity. You spoke of fans uh, in terms of the early starts. So there have been some reports that, you know, the Pac-12 doesn't want to have or is not going to have fans, but yet uh, I believe you were quoted as saying that you may let some fans in, whether they be family members, to the three home games this year. How is that going to work? Yeah, so the league the league uh, chancellors and presidents did give some space for for schools that are able to to have a very limited family and friends of, of, the, of the, the teams that are competing. So imagine maybe a number that's in the 400, 500 range at most where, you know, our student athletes on the roster could have maybe four guests and then um, our coaches, uh, families, uh, and that would, that would be it, absolutely it. And that's only if it's allowed. And I, from what I understand in California and Oregon, and I believe Washington, they're not going to have that availability until sometime, you know, maybe late in the spring or, or not until fall of 21. And then I think there's four, um, those Arizona schools and Colorado and ourselves that might have that opportunity depending on how things are in our community. But, gosh, I'm really hoping so. You know, it, it, it's, it's such a disappointment to not have our fans in there. We, I was just talking about with one of our football coaches yesterday. It's just you, you can't even get your mind around it. We've all, you know, we've all seen the empty stadiums on television, but when it finally comes to you and you start – thinking about running around in there without that crowd, which we know has helped us win football games on multiple occasions. So, um, But at the very least, if, if the family of, of our kids could be there, that, that would be a, a really nice thing to do, and we're hoping to be able to, to do so. You know, everybody who drives up the hill uh, right past the end of the stadium looks over, sees no south end zone, and wonders, how are you going to play three home games with no locker rooms? <laughs> Seems like a small detail, but it fascinates a lot of people, maybe just because so many people can drive by the stadium and see it. Uh, do you have that plan nailed down? Yeah, Kyle Brennan and uh, Jeff Rudy have been working on that, along with Gavin Gower, facility uh, director. They've been they've been contemplating this for a while. When we saw, obviously, what was going on, and we, we met with Leighton Construction, we 
they said to us, hey, guys, if we can get after this early and knock this this down, you know, it'd be good for everybody. And, and so that was, gosh, back in May, June, maybe even earlier. But before we could do that, we had to have a, at least an outline of a plan and how it would work if, if, we, if we were able to get going. So they had a plan, and, and obviously they've dusted it off. I mean, I, I can see some, something to the effect where we dress in the Eccles football building, we, we cross the street, uh, and then we have some un- space that's underneath the stadium that we could use for halftime. Um, and then as far as the visiting team, we're, you know, we're looking at options, everything from Einer Nelson to, to other areas. So we, we've got a plan. And, uh, you know, we might need a, a minute or two extra at halftime. Um, and I, you know, I think you guys may have seen my quote before. I don't think anybody in our league uh, would think that anything we're doing for them uh, would be any worse than what they currently had uh, when they came here to Rice-Eccles in, in, the, in the visiting locker room. So whatever, whatever they get will be fine. But, yeah, we're excited about that. And, and it's helped us to be able to keep the project where it needs to be. Um, it'll look a little different on TV now uh, without having anything there. But, but uh, we're just so excited to be playing. We'll, we'll manage anything. Yeah, I don't think you were there yet, but you had that one year before the facility was built where they just had those, uh, they put up a bunch of portable buildings on the south side of the practice facility, and we did all that for a year, and it seemed like it was manageable, and they held meetings. We held the weekly Monday thing there, and so it seems like you could be able to do that, and it wouldn't be that big of an issue. As far as this goes, when it's done, uh, as uh, whatever is on the you have constantly building projects for other sports but at that point with football would you be in the mindset of uh, you know we've got everything that we need for a while and and you wouldn't be looking to add other stuff facility wise to your football program well you know you're never done in terms of of you know things that you can do to improve your programs and I think that uh, football, you know, to, to, to be elite, you always have to, to really be strategic in the way you invest. And so Whit and I are always talking about, you know, what, what makes sense uh, for us. We know that we have incredible facilities here. Obviously, the Eccles Football Center is, you know, premier in this conference and, and in this country. And as you said, the, the stadium, when completed, going over 50,000 premium seating and just unbelievable addition for for the the program you know we'll look to to other other things that uh anything that that can help you know as i look at the indoor facility which obviously this year is is going to be uh utilized more is there more things we can do in there uh you know we've, we've talked about trying to expand some of our outdoor practice fields so you're always looking at at doing things uh and the great thing about the university of utah we have unbelievable donors who uh, are very open to discussing these things and, and helping us move forward. Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan joining us. So the uh, football is a huge thing to get off the ground, but basketball comes right on its heels there. Uh, do you know what the non-conference schedule is going to look like, how that's going to play out? Is the conference schedule nailed down at 18 or 20 games? Is all that still a work in progress, or have you got some stuff figured out? Yeah, we're just about there to figuring out. We made a decision as a conference. I don't think it's been announced yet, but we're going to have anywhere between seven and nine non-conference games. You know, part of the presidents and chancellors, when they looked at the medical advisory board output, uh, they felt comfortable as long as we were daily testing that that we could move forward in, in non-conference uh, for, for basketball and our remaining sports the rest of the year, as long as they follow the protocol of our daily testing. So whoever we play has to come in, test the day before, uh, has to test the day of the game, and we would have to do the same. So, 
you know, that's a that's a complexity that that not everyone is dealing with. And so we we've got, a you know, obviously we have adjust, adjusted dates with those that we had contracts for. And then they all have to agree to that testing policy. So we're kind of going through that process now. We're definitely making some headway. The other interesting thing for us is this is the year that we were to have been in Atlantis in, in one of the multi-team events known as MTEs. And that one, too, we're trying to figure out because most of those MTEs have been canceled or totally uh, changed. You know, ours has been moved from Atlantis to South Dakota, which is interesting who came up with that one. But nonetheless, so we're working with them on their testing protocols. Uh, if it matches the Pac-12, we, we really want to stay with that because there's a lot of great teams in that. Uh, so we're figuring that out. We're figuring out the rest of our games. But, you know, Kyle Brennan and Coach Whittingham and Andy Hill and Donnie Daniels, they're all, they're all really uh, <laughs> spending a lot of hours on it. And it's the same thing with our, with our women's uh, team. It's, it's the same complications. But every day there's a little bit more clarity to it. So I'm really hoping that we, uh, we get the schedule all wrapped up here in the next uh, two weeks because I think we're seven weeks from starting. So obviously we need to get that finalized. As far as if you get a number of cases positive, is there going to be a limit like for the high schools if they had 15 they considered closing classes, and some of them went to online. Some of them are going to, you know, A through K, and then the rest of the alphabet. So they're going every other day, and then Friday's an online day and a teacher preparation day and that type of thing. As far as your football program, is there going to be some numbers that you have to keep under in order to continue to practice and play games? Yeah, you're spot on to what we're working on right now. I mean, we've got two two things to, to look at in that regard. One is the typical game. So Arizona, Utah, as we as we approach approach that game, what the directors right now in the conference are working on with, with head coach input is what will it take for that game to be, I guess we have to use the word canceled to your earlier point about no, no place to put the game. What would it take for that game to be canceled? And so we're looking at what that number would be um, from from not only a whole number but also a position by position number. You know, I mean, it, if you don't have quarterbacks, if you don't have offensive line in particular, those positions. And so we're looking at, at kind of wrapping that up maybe as early as next week, so that you know, here's the deal: we're not available because we don't have this. The conference certifies that, and you, that that cancels the game. The second way that, that games could be canceled is, is what the presidents and chancellors have made clear, that they, that they wanted an off-ramp that if you know, community spread, campus issues, whatever it might be from their perspective, that, that they would say, hey, you know, we tried this, we came back, it's just it's not working. Certainly their prerogative, they run the conference, and, and uh, you know, that could happen. So those are the two things that, 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 that could cancel a, a football game. You know, the hope is that uh, we avoid that and and we can get these games in but i think we're all realistic we we all watch what's going on we study what's going on and we know that uh, we're going to be pretty blessed if we get the entire season in across the conference so knowing that there's a there's a decent chance there'll some be some games that just can't be played if it's one of the better teams in the conference and we've seen the preseason poll out so we know who people are assuming/guessing would those teams be free to play non-conference games against teams that match the testing protocol? Because everybody wants to see the Pac-12 in the playoff for multiple reasons. There's a financial payout. There's reputation issues and all that. And I don't know if seven 
wins will get you in or not, but I'm thinking 5-0 and or 6-0 and won't. So, that, you know, if there's some way to find one more game for an elite team, is that possible? At this point, no. I mean, it's, it's the regular season is, is a Pac-12 only, uh, you know, schedule. Uh, you know, I think that, that the, the idea that that would be available is probably a, a stretch and, and hard to imagine how if a team, you know, on a Thursday can't play because of what I mentioned earlier is going to be able to find somebody, you know, to play, you know, because the following week that, that team ha- has another Pac-12 game already scheduled. So it's hard to even imagine how it would work. But specifically to your question, our regular season is, is uh, Pac-12 only. You know, we are looking at that last weekend, which is the championship weekend, that Friday night championship. You know, for the rest that aren't in the championship game, we're also making some final, you know, final decisions on what that day needs to really look like. And, um, you know, right now the thought is it's it's five versus five, four versus four. But we want to make sure we do a deep dive on that, make sure that's the smartest thing to do. Would it be better to have a game that was needed to be rescheduled to be put on that day? Um, does it make sense for five to play five? We just want to take a really good look at that before we lock it in. But that's the only day that we might be able to do something. Of course, to your point, DJ, I mean, that's, that's you know, our championship teams would be the only two that would be considered going to, to, mm-hmm. to the CFP. So it wouldn't really help in that regard. Yeah. Mark Harlan, Utah Athletic Director, joining us. We've heard the Bahamas Bowl and the Hawaii Bowl are not going to play this year. Are all your bowl partners planning on playing? Would there be any extra bowl games available to the conference? Might there be fewer than normal? Do you have any clarity there? Well, I know the league uh, informed us on Wednesday morning in our in our call that they're going through their league, excuse me, their bowl meetings. Merton Hanks, our new director of football operations, and Jamie Zizinovich, the deputy athletic director, are meeting with all the bowls. And so far, so good as it relates to them wanting to be a part of the structure. Uh, you know, it's important for a lot of them. You know, they they have television deals. They'd like to see that revenue. Obviously, conversely, we've got a lot of our bowls in California. And, you know, there's, you just, there's just not going to be fans there. So can they make it work? Can they, you know... Does their you know financial model allow for for them to be able to handle that? I think probably, you know, we're going to see our bulls stay stay uh, active. It's going to be different. I, I don't know if it would be you know going out for three or four days. Uh, you know, there's a lot of time between now and then. But uh, our hope is that our bulls in our lineup are all there. You know, the bulls that you mentioned are not in our lineup. Uh, but I know there's a lot of conversations going on with our bull partners as we speak. Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Mark, thanks for a few minutes and uh, answering your fans' questions. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Now, listen, you know, I'm impressed that none of you asked about your own personal access to the stadium uh, this, 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 this coming month. And so because you didn't ask, that gives you a lot better chance to have the opportunity. <laughs> Actually, I thought about that, but I thought, you know, the fans, they don't really care about the media. So that's our concern and we want to represent what the fans want. But, yeah, obviously, I had somebody as recently as last night ask me, are you going to the games? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's going to be different. It, I tell you, it, it's, it's like we talked about it. It's, it's going to be crazy to manage it all. But we know you guys got to do your work, and, and we got to make sure we're telling the story about these games. But I always appreciate you guys. Give me a holler anytime.